You're listening at the grassroots, www.marcusmusic.moonfruit.com. Also available on SoundCloud and also available on iTunes for download. My guest this week is a gentleman I've known for the best part of 20 years, probably more than 20 years. Instrumental in um, some early shows and uh, helping to promote the band I was in at the time. Uh, we stayed friends, although we don't see an awful lot of each other. Recently, under his stage persona of Bloke in a Hat, he's been touring around and playing so many shows. He's got a lot of interesting stories. Trevor Barham. Trevor. How are you, mate? Oh, yeah. I'm You're good. looking really well. Yeah, I've, got to, yeah. I've got to say that. Now, well, that's a story in itself. Is that a story in itself? Yeah, I went, in, I went up to 20 stone. Right. And I lost 8 stone. Went down to 12 stone. Now I've gone up to 14, but I'm sort of trying to lose weight again. How do you lose 8 stone? Eight stone? <laughs> the only answer is because you can it's the only answer because you uh, can you just do it over you have to I tried quite a few times I was 20 stone I went down to 17 a couple of times and then yeah. I went back up again you have to just do a long term plan and like just, just a, little, a pound a week the idea originally was right. a year okay. a pound a week to lose 52 pounds uh, uh, yeah. and then it, it became to lose um, 56 pounds and then it became to do just Double bit. that, right. which is two sacks of potatoes, which is hundred and twelve pound, which yeah. is an old hundred weight. Did you ever pick up the equivalent of the weight that you'd lost? I had. Carry it well, I I'm not. I haven't done it since. But right. I used to years and years ago. I used to deliver potatoes for a mate of mine, <laughs> and I've had two so, sacks. Of, I've had two sacks. So you know, on each shoulder, like. it's a lot. Yeah. And when you think about well, why, when you sort of got down the ground, you why you can't get up again, you know? Because lay on the bed to put your socks on. That kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. someone else to put your socks on. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's the way it works. Um, I, I must say, just we've got a bit of noise going on in the background. Unfortunately, we've got next door uh, drilling and doing various things, so I'm sorry if that uh, interferes with your listening pleasure. First things first. Now, you, we, we were chatting off air before we before we came on about you. Yeah. You did things the other way around. You got a guitar for your birthday, in 1992. Yeah, and then. You, you sort of dabbled, dabbled. Is that is that a fair reflection? Uh, well, I'd always written lyrics. Right. I've always, you know, I kind of started making up, you know, like making up uh, lines for songs. Glenn used to tell me, a uh, uh, dear friend of ours, Glenn, um, about you used to take well-known songs and change lyrics to them. He told me about the Leo Sayer song. I don't even remember. Do you that. not? Do you not remember no, that? Leo was saying the song was the one let the show go on, and you said he said he sat with you one night over the homebrew, right. and and wrote a whole new version of it. Do you not remember? Well, that? I don't even remember doing that. I left to. Well, it must have been a good night then. But I do do that. I, right. I mean, I do. Um, I can't remember stuff. I have done a version of um, girls just want to have fun, but change the words. The blokes just want to get drunk. <laughs> right. And I also, uh, I've got, a, I've got a girlfriend. Uh, uh, who lives in Walthamstone now? Right. Her name's Marie. So I changed the lyrics of "Is this the way to Amarillo?" To so right. "Is this the way to Walthamstone?" So I still do that. Some still do it. Yeah, yeah. So I there's a chance it. it probably did happen. You just don't. It probably did it. happen because I've always done that. Just right. as a bit of a you know like a spoof, like kind of like a Barrow Nights almost type thing. Right. See, my first question is: Were you always musical? usually but as I said you didn't get into it until you were quite late but were you writing before that was there I was, any... as a kid I was a dance I used to dance right to anything okay. so, uh, my so you mum was very musical yeah right but not but not playing or I used to sing out of tune at home and drive everyone 
nuts when so I was I'm a still kid. doing it now, mate. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to be ashamed of. But there's no one in my family musical or wasn't. Right. You know, who played an instrument. We weren't surrounded by music. It was just, you know, it wasn't like, like someone was always sat on a piano or your nan played or anything like nothing that. It was just, but you used to was music playing. Right, so it's just uh, it's sort of music in the background and... Yeah, know, the radio. Up. I was born in 1962, so the radio, that was like when the Beatles come. So like when I was a Good kid, talk, they just yeah. put the radio on. Yeah. And you would virtually listen to the radio all day. There was nothing on TV. Anyway. It's a different generation. I mean, you know, these days, with TV and so many music channels and stuff like that, I still have to turn the telly off and put the radio on there and again. But I can't, I can't listen to the obvious channels because they, they've got a playlist of about 12 songs. Yeah, yeah. So you go to maybe one of the older ones that plays a mix or something. There's a German one that used to play about everything. Or Caroline, actually, still play some really great, and they play an obscure album track or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, so that generation just sit and listen to the radio, why not? So you did you write lyrics or poetry or, or Yeah, I did a bit of poetry. Things like yeah, that. Yeah, I did a bit of poetry. So words and that were always there. And words then, were always there. Yeah, so I like a lot of people that are very. I like um, a lot of artists that are singer songwriters yeah. and people like the King, Dean, Jury, especially like London based ones. Yeah, you know, because well, Jury, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 the message of the lyric, isn't it? Yeah. It's the it's with Ian Jury, the music was great anyway, uh, but the. The lyrics were brilliant, Billy Ricky yeah. Dicky and. But he can't sing, but he put it across. No, but it, it was, it, but he, I think he knew that, so it, yeah, it was yeah. it was poetry over music. I always look at Ian Jury as being a kind of uh, a rapper from West Ham, you know, because <laughs> he's kind yeah, of he's got the, from Upminster. So, from Upminster. That's right. Yeah, but he was always a West Ham fan. He was notorious for being. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because Harry. Uh, What's the song Mash It Up Harry was about uh, Harry Redknapp wasn't it apparently. oh right yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so 1992 you get given a guitar for your birthday yeah how'd you get on with it well I know I know you're doing it right now I know you're doing it right now I kept it I don't yeah. think I was I, I think that was one of the reasons I come about writing I couldn't I wasn't good enough to play anything right or by anyone but I could like, if you write your own stuff I could you, write my own right. stuff you know, like in one or two chords right so I kind of wrote before I I can't even remember what the songs now. I mean, I still play a song, one song from that period mm. that I wrote. Um, but, you know, very early, I think I could play my own stuff before I could play anything else. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, and it kept me going, stuff. I think. Because that's why my big drive was to write. It wasn't to be a performer at all. Yeah, just to... I didn't want to particularly perform to anyone else. I, I thought I was going to write songs and give them to other people. Yeah. And they were going to like be huge hits yeah and then you just <laughs> yeah but I think that, that, that's not a bad that's not a bad way to approach it though is it because you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you you don't have to have the aggravation of the tours and the messing about and the sleeping in cars <laughs> you, you write a song and you give it to somebody and they do it and it, I know a few people have got what they call publishing deals yeah I mean they, they buy a song or if you have something they give you pins for your songs so so you're better off taking them out yourself and, and going and doing it so when did you decide well I want to perform well what, what, why do you uh, suddenly decide you're going to go and gig? I, well I did do it a couple of times I did a couple of um, I did a couple of back in the 90s it wasn't open mics but people they did um, like um, talent competition right so a couple of people said oh, you know you could do them you know so I did a couple but what I found out was that uh, they're not talent competitions they're people who you know there were a lot of people doing karaoke as well so how can you compete with someone that's got a full band behind them and you're just playing a no, song no that's right yeah it's you not, know yeah. so you know <clears throat> I, so I gave that up and then 
I sort of, I didn't probably play live really for probably ten years, mm. and then I went to uh, I went to um, a folk club, and it was at the Plough Gallows Common. It's been locked down now. I think right. it's uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think <laughs> KFC now. Then. All right. Okay. But recently it was not down. Right. I went there and. Uh, you know, I, I thought, well, I'll just go along and have a look. I didn't take a guitar, um, mm. and someone said to me, "Do you play?" Yeah. So I said, "Yeah, yeah," but I, I don't have a guitar. Mm. This was a, a French lady called uh, Claudine Lamol. Her name is, or was. She's uh, she's married now, and she said, "Oh, that's all right. I've got a guitar. I'll put a guitar in my hand, and literally just pushed me into the middle of the floor, and I just couldn't do anything but play." Yeah. And Sing you know, I played a few songs and it went down well, and I just became a regular. You know, mm. like going there and it just sort of so it found you. You didn't go looking for it. It kind of found you. It found me. Yeah, yeah. and you've played hundreds of shows now, haven't you? Yeah, lots of small ones, but I've played. I think the weirdest one I've ever done was uh, St uh, St Patrick's Day in Baku in an Irish bar, which is in Azerbaijan. That was a mate. Really. <laughs> He lived there. <laughs> right. And he invited me over there. And like they, they didn't have a band, so we right. kind of uh, made up the band. And I think between us, we we probably knew uh, probably four Irish songs between us, but yeah. no one knew the same ones, you know. So it was kind right. of... Oh, that's a, right. Apart from, I think, maybe maybe uh, Wild Rover and... What's the other one? Um, oh, where hair hung. My hair hung. Black Velvet Band. Black I think we all kind of knew a bit of that. So you filled it in? Yeah, we filled it in. Played that about 14 times. <laughs> got free beer. So it was, yeah, that was brilliant. That I've got to ask like, you about the bloke in a hat thing. Where where does that... I, mean, I know it's an obvious thing because you're wearing uh, Well, I'm not sure because I've told so many stories. Every time I tell a different story, I can't remember which one's Right, what's your story for today? The story... The, <laughs> well, the story is that I went to go on stage... Once, but people always got my name wrong, which is why I was looking for another name. Right. My name, my second name is Barham. Yeah. Everyone calls it Bartram, Barnum. Yeah, it's never right. <laughs> and even in print, even yeah, in print. all say it wrong. Right. So, and I think there was an occasion where I went to I went to go on stage, and the guy totally forgot my name, <laughs> and he looked around. I was wearing a hat, so right. he just said, "Oh, it's a bloke in a hat." I went, "That's it." Stay. Yeah, yeah, it stayed. Yeah. How many songs do you reckon you've written? Uh, well, uh, probably about, um, overall, probably about 40 or 50, but I'll probably, I'll probably hang on to about 25. Yeah. Are you lyrics first? Do you write the lyric first, get a strong lyric? or Used to. Yeah. But now, quite often, got... well, quite often it's a bit like, you know, like a mechanic would have like nuts and bolts in yeah. the bay and drawers, but I think well, there's a songwriter, you have little riffs or little bits, yeah, little bits. words or thing or titles. Yeah. Then all of a sudden something comes along and you go, oh, well, I can fit that in. Yeah, yeah. So you do that. But quite often I I um I always think the song fairy comes around sometimes and just gives you a I line agree with that. or or I gives agree you with a, that. and, and yeah. you know, you just feel compelled to finish it. Yeah, sometimes you sing you sing a line into your phone or yeah, sometimes yeah. the melody comes to you or, or you get yeah. I mean, you know, my brother Steve would tell you about that. He played me his answer phone once on his his home phone. Yeah. And he had like, you know, please leave a message after the tone and he was like, Hello, it's Auntie so and so, call me and then it was all in walking around the town singing these bits of songs. Apparently Elvis Costello used to do that. Yeah, just yeah. Well, phone I mean, 
and you, anywhere you can get it yeah. down. You, well, you can imagine walking past the telephone box in like Top Port Road, so Elvis Costello's on his day, <laughs> on his army, on the telephone. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah in a chat. So you're, I'm going to use the word, a champion of the grassroots kind of scene because you're always open mic, always performing, always doing stuff, and just promoting yourself. And, it's, and they're not all sort of mega paid gigs, but they're all busy and it keeps you out there, keeps you in the public eye, you're networking, you're meeting so many people. It's, it's fun to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I made a lot of friends through it. I mean, That's exactly, yeah. Exactly I was, right. uh, three years ago, I was extradited to South London. So I live in Bermondsey. I've got a flat in Bermondsey. Bermondsey. Yeah, well, it's yeah. not. I live down the, the rough end. I overlook Peckham. Like, that's my outlook is Peckham. So. <laughs> right. Which is quite pot, you know, parts of it are quite posh now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone it's, up. Yeah, it's the sort of place where if you see a tent at the side of the road, yeah, you don't know if it's a farmer's market or a police incident. <laughs> it's that sort of. <laughs> right, fair enough. But you make a lot of friends from doing that. You, 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 put, do. you, you put yourself out there. Do you, do you make your CDs and. Uh, I'm thinking about I didn't uh, the last CD I made was in 2008 but it's okay. just having the time so I decided that I'm going to try and find a producer I've got some really strong songs yeah. and I want to try and find a producer to produce them properly because I think if you don't they're just not going to get they're not going to get no I get so. in do it properly and so yeah. are, you, are you one voice one acoustic predominantly uh, yeah at the moment yeah. Well, and obviously live I suppose you are but in your yeah. head if you've got when you write a no, song no if I, I probably, probably no, yeah, believe it or it. not there's a lot of trumpet there's a lot of trumpet when I play stuff I right. play like, a lot of trumpet a lot of because a lot of the stuff I like I'm into is like ska and reggae and stuff like that although I don't write all I have written a couple of reggae songs. Yeah, but, uh, but you take your you take your influences yeah. from that, don't you? Yeah. So there is a lot in my head. There's a lot of different stuff to what you hear. It's nothing like what people hear. No. And I'm sure that's the same for it, most. It's musicians. the same. Yeah, because it, you you know as well as I do that when you when you're performing, they only get the one voice and the one acoustic. But right. we have got the whole picture in our head. We've got the whole band. We've got yeah, the percussion. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, play the whole song. But that keeps us in time. That keeps the keeps us solid but they're listening and going that sounds really yeah one voice one acoustic works really well but I'm fronting a Count Basie kind of orchestra <laughs> in my head yeah, exactly that go anywhere in my head it's this massive sound you know but but they just get that, that there's, there's a film and I can't think of the name of it I saw recently I think it's called Begin Again right I don't know if you've seen it I've not seen it no but it's no. about a guy and he's actually a, a uh, he's, he's a failed um, A&R man Right. He actually had his own company, and he, he actually gets kind of like uh, rejected from his own company. And he comes across this girl, and this, you see all these different stories come together. And this girl is playing in this like bar in New York, yeah. And she's playing, and everyone is talking over the top, right? And you, you know, he goes up to her, and he approaches her, and everything, and no one can work out why. Mm. But because he's a, a record producer. He can hear all the bits, and later on, yeah. when she, they play it again, mm. and they play what he heard, mm. yeah, because he heard trumpet back or whatever it was, his cello, and yeah, so he's hearing all this, and everyone in the bar is just taking no notice. So, if you're a songwriter, begin again, watch that, because you, oh, well, you yeah. know, or if I you're not a songwriter, and you want to understand what songwriters are about, yeah, that will give you a, yeah, a good line to it. You know, that's what we hear. Yes, yeah, once we the thing is is once we hear that, there's no going back. <laughs> so if we go and watch somebody and they're really really good, we appreciate yeah. it far more than let's say the people who who don't, don't do it. 
Yeah, yeah. But when they're really bad, we feel it more. <laughs> we, we <laughs> and I and I can't stand. And I'll put it out there. I can't stand it when someone is dreadful, and everybody's dancing about, and I'm standing there going, "Why? Why are you dancing? This is bloody awful." And it's it's my failing. It's totally me. It's my fault. But yeah. I, I I'm not expecting everybody who ever walk up on the stage to be perfect, right? But now I'm thinking, if you know anything about music, you wouldn't even get out of your chairs and dance to this. <laughs> and 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 yet you got a, a full dance floor, and I'm and I think oh, I'm up next, and I've got to follow that. Yeah, yeah. What we're we gonna do? <laughs> I know it is. Uh, it's it's difficult. I tell you what is good is when you do the open mics for a period of time and you see what someone and they are really bad. Then you see them a year later, and you they're not the bad. Yeah. And then you see them, and they're really good. And that's like they kept going. Yeah. They kept but it's a good, it's a close knit little community sometimes because yeah. you do that, and then you work with people, and then yeah. somebody like yourself been in the business a while. Same, same for me. I'll sit with them, have a beer with them, and say, yeah, you know, you're doing okay. You work with so and so. I don't, I don't pass on a bit of advice here. I won't poke my nose in if they, <laughs> you know. But I'm quite happy to say, oh offer encouragement or yeah yeah because you, you have people who, who, who are backstage and really nervous and lock themselves in the toilet and they want to go on and yeah. i've been there I've you know there. we've all been there we've all we've all been there and done it you, we, we, walking on stage is not the easiest thing you'll ever do and until you've done it yeah. the unknown scares you doesn't it that's why we're scared of the dark Trevor. yeah i think it is yeah. but that bit you know, before because i've had i've had people quite often say to me on bit time for time do you want to play and i go no it's not like done yeah because no, i'm just about i'm at that point yeah. where you'd rather run away just before you go on. there's a point every single gig yeah there is a yeah. point and that's true and and after i've done 25 years and it doesn't matter where i am <laughs> there's a point where if somebody says to me you can have your money you don't have to play the gig i would take it yeah, yeah. because play the you know uh, but then once i get past that i just want to get on and just want to do it yeah. But yeah, I know exactly how that feels. I think it's like skydiving. I can imagine what skydiving is like. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like yeah. Just that bit before you jump. Yeah, do I have to do it? If someone says, do you want to jump? You go, no, no, it's all right. Yeah, I'm yeah. all right. Do you still get nervous? Yeah. Uh, on occasion. I get nervous sometimes. New if my new setup, new. if I can't hear properly what I'm doing, yeah. and I don't think I sound good, I get distracted. Yeah. And then if I get distracted... I start to get nervous and you start overthinking what, stuff and yeah I'm not and then you know I think oh is that you know I'm playing right and, and then it all goes yeah to pop if I'm comfortable yeah yeah I'm, o I'm okay but you know and sometimes wires on your feet standing up yeah and there's there's stuff around your feet and that and you're sort of yeah you're trying to clear it's, that it's out spot, that yeah. can distractions rather yeah sometimes in, in the the bar you know sometimes when you can see a crowd you know, when you're not on a stage that's lit and you can see the crowd, sometimes mm. you'll just get into what they're doing and yeah. you'll forget that you're actually meant to be singing and playing. And, yeah. And then sometimes you get a bit nervous. That's getting, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose in a way that's getting lost in the moment, isn't it? Lost in the gear. Yeah, oh yeah. But the, the nerves beforehand are, are usually, yeah. when, you, when you strip them right down, they're usually about things that are beyond your control, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing a solo show, and I've done a few... Nothing on that stage should move unless you move it. Yeah, you are you, that's your yeah, area, yeah. and you should own it. But you think about that. What about if that happens? What about what yeah? About yeah if you I can kick, do. If I kick the mic or do something, and, and yeah, you lose yeah, yeah. that. But yeah, yeah it's, it's. I don't even think it's nerves. It's just you worry about silly things, and and because yeah. of the way we are, if you're a songwriter, you're passionate. Yeah. 
you start overthinking it, and you know, yeah, yeah, that could happen, and the mic could fall over, and then I could fall <laughs> over. I think, yeah, <laughs> what is nerve wracking, I think, is when you do open mics a lot, yeah, yeah, they're not ideal. You haven't had a sound check, no, straight on. Sometimes yeah. you haven't got a fold back monitor. Sometimes, yeah, I think that was awful. Yeah. Saying the when someone videoed it and think, and you watch it back, and it's, it's, it's not it's that right. bad, you know, yeah, it's not, yeah, and so. You know, I think that's a lot of it. If you've got a good fallback monitor and you can hear yourself, you feel comfortable yeah. what you're doing. It's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. But there's yeah. no I don't think there's anything worse than not having a monitor. I can't think of Well, well apart from obvious apart yeah. but but you know, I mean I'm not I'm not a diva where I have to have a monitor. But I just mean where you've got nothing at all and you can't you can you literally can't hear the sound is so far ahead in front of you that all you can hear is your own acoustic kind of live yeah, yeah, yeah. and your own footsteps while you're playing <laughs> but everyone out there is dancing along or singing along and, and you're thinking yeah. I want to be out there because they can hear it and then you start doubting yourself am I singing yeah. in tune I used earplugs for a while when I was in War to War we used to do O'Neill's at Leightonstone Green Man oh, okay. and I used earplugs for a while because it was so loud and it made me so conscious that when I my brother said to me you're singing flat Really? I'm not really said you're singing flat because you can't hear yourself and I took them out and I was okay And okay. Uh, but I think I just overthought it yeah, it's, yeah. The only, it's the only time I've ever sung flat anywhere I've never heard you I've never heard you sing that no I've sung I've sung flat plenty of times don't worry about that but that that was um, that was a particularly because I overthought it and, and that's what we do you know, am I sounding alright and you question yeah, that, yourself that is the big thing and once you do that you Go, go around in circles don't you yeah I've got a mate and uh, he's, he does a lot of open mics he does a bit of sound work as well and he said the most important things people do open mics he said they don't even care if no one's there as long as they sound alright yeah that's all they care about because people come and go you don't know sometimes the places are packed sometimes yeah. there's no one in them but all you want to do is sound you want to sound you do your bit do yeah, yeah, yeah do the best you can get the best out yourself yeah yeah yeah, are you like that? Are you are you your hard are you a hard taskmaster for yourself? It's a song never really ever completed in your head. You sort of do it and then you go back five six years later and you say, I want to do that. If I could do that again, I'd I'd do it a different way. Or are you quite happy that you go? That's the best I could do, and that's it. Well, what happened to me is I gave up smoking about eight years ago. Right. So my voice is a lot ah, different. Ah, right. I was wondering so where I was going to go. Yeah. Uh, so right, my voice so is a my voice is a lot different. Right. So, so you know I. Have I have people hear the recording that I did eight years ago and they said but well, it don't sound like you should redo that because it doesn't sound like mm. you now you're hitting notes and that that you probably didn't I was going to say did your vocal range are you able to hit notes cleaner yeah I can now? hold them yeah longer yeah is it a breathing thing because I've never smoked so is it well, um, a I think thing? it's that but also the other thing is is that uh, my day job or not day and night jobs I do shift work is mm. working in a car park Right, right, but it's very good acoustics. So when you're walking about, and no one's Brilliant. there. Yeah, you can really improve. So I think that's been part of it as well. Yeah. So you can, when you've got a really good acoustics, your your voice doesn't have to work hard. So you your voice naturally. Improves. I always yeah. When you say that about the about the open mic or anywhere, where you start singing and then the sound makes you want to perform. Yeah. yeah. Because it sounds so clean. It's you, you yeah, know. Yeah. There's other ones where you think, how long have I got to do? You know, I mean, let's, let's not let's not make a secret of it because you, it's not that you don't care about a gig. It's just that you want to be at your best and you don't feel you're at your best. Yeah. yeah. But when you you've got a nice monitor, good stage sound, 
makes you want to do it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you get lost in it. You don't. You're not even aware you're doing it. You're listening like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. You know that when you walk away from your own yeah. sounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strange, isn't it? But you do. And all of a sudden, you, you look down and say, "If I stop playing, this music's going to stop." I didn't realise it was me. <laughs> I've got lost in listening to it. So you're networking all the time, performing all the time. I mean, you seem to be out. Well, I'm not to, performing that often now. You're not. I mean, at one time, I was probably doing two, three times a week. But. Is it all all open mic or some of it? Uh, no, I get I get offered. I do a few festivals. I did. Um, what do last year? I did Caledonian Road do a festival. I do a lot with um, Oxjam. I don't know if you've heard of Oxjam. Oxjam, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm I'm Islington, yeah. the main one yeah. I do. But I've done stuff for um, I think it's Balham. I've done for a few of them if they've asked me. Sometimes it's just outside a bookshop. Yeah, other it's, times it's like yeah. on a stage and stuff. They have one big day in Islington every year in October. I think October the 18th last year. Right. And you know they have on that day they take over 10 different venues have 100 different artists and have a whole you know like music festival great though yeah and I've done loads of other things I also I think not last year the year before they did on National Apple Day I went and played that for them as well it was just like it's just, just an opportunity to yeah and I've played in parks for them and done loads of different stuff some mm. stuff one day they just they were doing uh, they were raising money and they had someone face painting they wanted someone just to play a few songs for the mums and dads yeah. So it was totally accused it, and I played mm. three hours in Islington Park. Just played three hours. Everything I knew. Yeah. You know everything great. I knew from my own stuff and all the covers that I know. Yeah. So. Um, That's you great. Know, though, yeah. It? So I just enjoy playing. Now I, I limit a little bit because I find sometimes it can be a bit soul destroying if it's not the right gig. It can be a, so, you know, and I, I my time, I don't have so much time. I've got other things going on now, mm. so. I still do them, but mainly if I'm asked, if someone asks me to play a half hour, 40 minutes out, yeah. that's fine. But yeah. when you have to go and do three songs, sometimes it's like, yeah. and you can't, when you're doing three songs in open mic, you have to do three quite obvious songs, yeah, because yeah. you can't do the quiet stuff and all that. In a longer set, mm. you can find a fit stuff in. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you've got that. to give me your three yeah. best songs. If it's only three songs, you've got to give me well, three. The equivalent for, 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 for me is if someone says we want you to do two 45s, and in 45 minutes, if, you, if, you, if you're in a tribute band or you're working on something, yeah. 45 minutes ain't enough to build, to get the rhythm, to build it. And by the time you've peaked, it's time to have a break. Yeah, yeah. That extra quarter of an hour is another three or four songs, you know, to do it two, two hours. It's not that like I want to do more for the money, but if yeah. I'm trying to, if they say I want you to do two 45s, I'd rather do 90 minutes. And then pace it out properly, and you know, right, build okay. it up, and then yeah, wind yeah. it down. So, uh, equivalent. Obviously, you're doing yeah. three songs. What what three do you choose? Yeah. And well, normally are the fame three songs, or right. at least two of them. Because I do a song. I do a, uh, a song called "You Can't Have My London," right? Which is about everyone choosing their own London, right? And I also do if I'm in South London, I do a song called "Elephant and Castle," which is a love song about Elephant and Castle. That guy meets the girl, loses the girl, all around right. the elephant castle. And then the middle one is normally something that I've just written. You yeah. Know, like I'll try and out. Yeah. And if it. it's in over this side, I also write a song called Sunshine's Over Romford, which is a Romford love song. Hmm. Uh, slightly different. So it depends where I am, what I do, but it, they're more or less the same ones that I do all yeah. the time because I know they're going to hit. You know they're going to be. Yeah, yeah. And There's a message in them. There think, is. Yeah, do you think you've got 15. 15 minutes maybe or 10 minutes to to get your message across do you think yeah. that's it that's it really yeah, yeah. And it's not it's not about just singing a song it's it's getting your message across if people tap into that message they'll buy your music 
Yeah, it's I think it's I think it's, and I think a lot of people at open mics forget this. You are entertainment. Mm. A lot of people, especially singer songwriters, yeah, oh yeah, they get yeah. very introverted. I'll tell you what the song's about. <laughs> they do five minutes telling you what the song. This yeah. is about this government. And it's terrible how they're treating animals and they're doing whatever. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you're laughing because you know. Oh, there was a bloke years ago, and I'm not going to tell you his name, he was an Irishman, and, and he did an open mic. And he's, oh God knows, every single song had a message, and he told you what the song was about, and it was about the government, and it was about the, the that it was about racism, and the next song was about this, and it was about that. Uh, and in the end, people go, shut up and sing. Why <laughs> is it in the song? You know, if you look, listen to <laughs> a, a Kink song, or, yeah. you know, if you listen to a Beatles song, it's, it's in the song. They don't yeah. have to stand there and tell you for 10 no, minutes about the song. That's right. It's in so the song. it sounds to me like by the, by the song titles that you're thrown at me, right? <laughs> yeah. That your message is in the song anyway. Definitely. Yeah. You don't need to say this is about, you know, you can tell me what it's about, but what, what, the, what the original idea of the song yeah. is. But uh, so are all your songs kind of based on. No, they're not, not all based on not, places. No, I'm not going to say they're based on places. A lot, a lot of them are. Like, yeah. Not all of them. Uh, not, a lot of them aren't, but they tend to be the ones that people like because yeah. it's instant association. Yeah, yeah. People will instantly associate with something in the song. And that's also why I believe that people talk about blue skies and blue moons and mm. things because it's something you can you see physical. Yeah. yeah, and I think if you look at a lot of really good songwriters, mm. they use physical things. Mm. And I think that's because people associate yeah. very strongly. Well, with I, those yeah. I always like the singers who, the singer-songwriters who write about stuff other than love, loss, you know. Yeah. They write about life. They write yeah. about stuff like that, or places in your case. Yeah, yeah. Well, that mine are kind of stories. And my, yeah. really, the thinking behind it is, is that you've got all these um, love songs, right? And they're all like, by the time I get to Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just about Amarillo. Based they're, on the same thing. Isn't yeah, it? but they're all really romantic places to us because yeah. we don't know where they are yeah or we've not been there yeah they're indifferent but i said well if you know if you get like um someone like in jury he wrote like billowicky dicky and things mm. like that and it was all about things that were close to us you yeah know? and also if you fall in love it's the same which is what which is what sometimes over wrong is yeah. about it's about when you fall in love everywhere Everywhere's romantic anyway it doesn't yeah. matter where it is no that's basically what the story yeah is. yeah but that's a that's a really great kind of concept isn't it yeah is that, is that one of those things where you had the idea did you have the idea that you would fall or, or not that you would fall in love but you had the idea that a couple fall in love and it just happens to be somewhere that's special to them but everyone everyone else or was it just did it just fall out of you well actually the sunshine's over romford i had the title about 20 years before i thought it made really good songs right but i had the title about 20 years before i wrote the song i'm, I'm terrible for titles <laughs> i think yeah. it's good i think yeah. you know um i think um Who's the guy of uh, CCR, Queen, Queen's Clearwater? Um, John Fogarty. Yeah. Fogarty. He, when he started, yeah, he wrote down, yeah, 10 titles. Mm. And he didn't know, he just wrote these titles down, like yeah. Proud Mary. And then, yeah. yeah. And then when he started writing a song, oh, this is Proud Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah, but and I think that's a, a good bit, way, that's yeah, a good way of doing bit. it. I mean, I, I can remember being about 17 or 18 and, 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 first band I was in I just remember designing an album I didn't haven't written a song but I remember designing an album cover and then putting 10 songs on the back coming up with 10 titles you know but not I didn't know anything about John Fogarty doing it but I just the idea of having 10 yeah. titles that were my songs even though I hadn't bloody written them no, but, that's, but a title's enough The Sun Shines Over Romford 
it's like you look at a title like that and the first thing is what's that about him so you've got to listen to it yeah, it's, yeah it's, well, it's intrigue is what can that be about you know it's it's not like you know if I fell in love with you or something like that yeah. you know another sort of thing so not not obvious they're based on obvious things like love and loss and whatever but yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're cleverly kind of weaved into different different uh, takes on it yeah. different maybe a different approach yeah, I think it. Billy Bragg people like that do that and one of his favourite songs I think it's um, what's the song is it New England he's, he's got a couple of lines which are my fa- my favourite all time lines are right I, uh, I saw two shooting stars last night I wished on them but they were only satellites. It's wrong to wish on, on space hardware. I wish, I wish, I wish you cared. <laughs> it's, it's totally romantic. Yeah. It's just so off. But it's not. It's, yeah, not, it's not an obvious. No, it's not an obvious. Yeah. If anybody's out there, you might even know it yourself. There's a song by I'm sure it's by Billy Bragg where he goes through every underground station on the, on one of the lines, and I, somebody told me about it years ago, and he told me the title and I've forgotten it. I'm sure it's. Billy I'll tell you Bragg. what he does do. He does a track, you know, um, Route 66. Yeah. He does a track called A13, and he goes, starts down in Watling, now oh, right, oh, right. down through Basildon, yeah. blah, blah, and he names all the places. Clever. Along the A13. Yeah. So he's doing your motoring on the A13. You know. That's so, clever, isn't it? Yeah. So you kind of got those people yeah. who are doing all that. But I've also, there's people like Cat uh, Stevens, um, what's his name? Oh, God, I can never remember his name. Of. Um, Done the album Mudslide Slim. Uh, Won't come to me. No. Uh, you got a friend, James Taylor. James Taylor. Yeah, James Taylor. I was really into him for a long time. Yeah. So those sort of people, as well as all those sort of London-based bands. So you got quite a few influences, quite a diverse. Yeah, but also band. reggae and yeah, reggae ska like and all that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know, Jimmy Cliff and people like that. And Desmond Decker and all. All that kind of stuff all moulds together. Plus so if you could have, if you could make an album, somebody said to me that, you know, okay Trevor, what we want you to do, go and make an album, and you can make it any style you want, what would you do? Would you make a Scar album, a probably, reggae uh, album? Well, yeah. Or would you just do what you're doing? Well, I'd probably do what I'm doing, but I would just, what I would probably do is do tracks. Yeah. One reggae track, a soul track. Just That would yeah. be me to be able to do cover all the genres just to like cover like one. yeah but I don't think that's necessarily the best thing to do on a record no no it isn't no. <laughs> it's probably the worst thing you can no, do no settle on a particular sound and then they because you know you, you know as well as I do that, that everything these days is, is in different genres and music in my opinion is good or bad and that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's, there's new, you know, uh, the best mainstream album, the best grunge album, the best new wave album, the best soul, the best. I even heard the, the phrase the other day. It was a band from Basildon called the Pinkies, which I've heard. I've have you heard, heard of the Pinkies? Yeah. Power pop, and that's how they were marketed. Yeah. And they were saying that after, after uh, punk. Power yeah. pop was like. Power pop was like a. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially if you listen to the album, it's it's like very what? very like the Beatles and very much. Oh, okay. It's not like punk at all. It's, no? it's really got a, quite a strange old school sort of sound to it. Like the Stripes. You know, stripes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's 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 not too bad. But music's they they, they keep doing it and they're. Well, it has to have a box, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. You probably do remember record shops. You know, we used to go and buy oh, yeah, and everything had a box. So, you know, you have to have a label. Is it in the blues 
box or oh, which category? Yeah, Sol- I suppose so. Is it in the uh, whatever happened to Sol- A to Z? A to Z. Whatever happened to A to Z? You want ACDC? I did do that. The Beatles, Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah, they did do that. They did that for a while, but but I think for because of the award ceremonies and the award things, and also a lot of radio stations best best uh, number we've had a number one and when you delve into it it's a number one in yeah. this particular category yeah, which yeah, is yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like I mean these days it's different yeah. you've got Andy Murray but it's a bit like 20 years ago saying he's the British number one tennis player he's about 170 in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> these yeah. days he's genuine you know, I Andy think Murray's, boxing's like that isn't it boxing's, he's a world champion boxer he's a real contender yeah he's a, yeah, he's he's a like, real, there's only 38 of them yeah he's a real contender this boy and then you look at it and you go, wait a minute, where is he in the world then? You know, yeah, and you yeah. go up to world level, it's a different. But anyway, we, we're losing, losing, losing track of that. But it is, it is similar. So you can't really categorise your stuff. So mainly, mainly influences, obviously, Billy Bragg. Uh, I would that, say, um, let's try and main influences. Yeah, the Kinks, probably. Uh, um, Billy Bragg. Cat Stevens, not to be underestimated. Cat Stevens, definitely. I like Cat Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a big, like big influence. Um, yeah. But also, you know, I think you pick up influences from all over, really. Mm. You know, that's like the er- the earlier stuff. But, you know, you're always influenced, you know, by things, even people like Ed Sheeran and people like that. Yeah, you get... that. You, you do, you do mm. pick up things off of people. The music I, comes around in circles to a certain extent, doesn't it? You know, like yeah. you hear something now and you sort of go, he was doing that 30 years ago. Yeah. But it's just that it... It's kind of. I'm not saying it all sounds the same, but you you can hear something in today's music that was there years ago. Do you ever get influenced by the people you work with? Oh, the people that you know, yeah, they, yeah. they'll do something and you say, oh, "I like what you did." There. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, some of the songs I've written were actually given to me. I, I spoke about a song called um, the Sun. Oh, not Sunshine. Uh, which one was it? You yeah. can't have my London. Yeah, right. I was I was actually playing a gig at the Elephant Castle. There used to be a pub there, it's gone now. Right. And uh, I gave a guy, his name's Alan Richardson, his name. He's a really, really good guitar player. And he mm. was playing on, what was that thing we were talking about? Just a loop. A yeah, loop he was playing on a loop. Yeah. He's really good at that. And he needed a lift home, so um, Hackney. So I gave him a lift home, he's a Geordie. Oh, really? And I said to him, do you like living in London? And he said, if you don't like London, you haven't found your own London. And that kind of was mm. the spur. Yeah. So what's my London? But you can't have my London. You yeah. have to find your own. You know. And the kind of song kind of just clever. Right. It's a clever idea. It's a clever concept. Yeah. Again, I, th- I think people give you. If you're listening to what people say, mm. they give you, they're giving you this stuff all the time. But I think most people are not listening to what people say. No. And there are always people who say odd things. That yeah. You can pick up on idiosyncrasies, little little things. Yeah. Like they have their own little sayings. Yeah. Totally my wife right. will say stuff to me like. You know, you were, but you didn't listen. And yeah, you thought, yeah. oh, I like that. <laughs> I have to remember that. I, I, they say, people say great things without realising it. And then because we're the way we are, we're like, oh, right, so with that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, do you ever find that, oh, I, know, I, know, I know the answer to this, but where you, the title is so strong that the song is already written. Yeah, almost, yeah. So you, you, you know, know where you're going with it. You know exactly what the message is, you know exactly... Yeah, you know where you and, and yeah, it's just a case often. of obviously the lyrics and stuff comes later, but you know exactly what the message is, and you know exactly. Yeah, if you see, you know it's an up tempo song. You know everything about the song. Yeah, it's a bit like seeing someone you you feel you've met before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And you yeah. see a title, and you go, 
and, and sometimes you write something and it, and it sounds so good that you think you've nicked it. Oh, I was just going to say. And you have to gonna, ask people where they heard this before. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if you get that feeling, then I think that's a good, that's yeah. a good sign. Yeah, because it doesn't, I think that's where you said about the song fairy. Because a song comes out of you and you don't know where it's come from. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm from Basildon. I don't, I don't come up with phrases <laughs> like that. So some, but that's come from somewhere. Subconsciously, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. And you write it down, you're playing it back, and you're like, that, that, no, that's not me. That's a cover. That's a, I must have dreamed it. it. Must be a cover. It must be your, go through your albums and stuff like that. Look at this stuff. So you you mix with a lot of people and you. Yeah, you, I do. So I did do. I, don't, I haven't done it much lately. But there's a thing called the London Songwriters. And yes, I've meet, seen you put that on. Yeah, they meet yeah. every um, once a month on a Sunday. Uh, I think it's New College Street. I'm trying to think what the. Um, can't think of what the name of the pub is. But anyway, London Songwriters. And they all meet up, right? Yeah, and they meet, and it's a collaboration. So you go in there and you sit with three people you don't know, right? Right, and you get given a theme, mm -hmm. yeah, and you get ninety minutes to write a song. That's good though. That's good, isn't it? Ninety minutes to write a song, or yeah. not write a song, which yeah, sometimes happens. Yeah, 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 and arrange it, and then sing it in in front of the other groups or perform it in front of the other groups. That's part of. That's about half of what you do, right? And then the other half of what you do is you can play a song yeah like feedback and what people do they all give you um, anonymous feedback on a piece of paper right so they'll give you a feedback I only ever got one out of all the times I've done it I've got one negative right yeah. well, that's good though isn't it that's good yeah, yeah. It's, you're meant to it's meant to be if you can't you know with that I always think if I can't think of anything positive to say yeah I don't yeah, say anything. Don't say anything. No, just leave I think it, yeah. yeah, just leave it. You mm. know, because there are there are the odd one or two, and they play the same song. Although they've changed the words, it's yeah, the same yeah. song every time they play. They don't change the style. Don't That's a brilliant the idea, though, that you you'd have like a, that that because it would keep you, it would keep you kind of not only in the picture, but it would keep that side of you alive. Even if you hadn't written a song for a few weeks, you would be collaborating on things. And you'd still be because sometimes you have to physically write a song. You can't just wait for inspiration. You've got to physically sit yeah, yeah. down and say, "I yeah. need to come up with something." Yeah, yeah. And that's something that not not a lot of songwriters do. I, I interviewed a, a gentleman on here called Terry St. Clair, and Terry is. Uh, I heard that one. Yeah, yeah. you hear that one. Yeah. And Terry's similar influences to yourself, actually, with, with a lot of the stuff he did. And he was talking to me about that he, his songwriting slow, process is so slow because he, he just waits for it to come to him. Yeah. But that the songwriting thing that you're doing that sounds like a really great is that is that something that's always been there? Is it something that did you were you instrumental in setting that up? No, or no, you heard it was about? there since I, I think it started a couple of years before I started going. I probably started going about four years ago. I, go, I don't go that often now, right? Because what I what I find is is that I don't I do it or I did it to kind of like add in, right? Because I don't really need to do that. Can, no, you've got yourself. I can, yeah, I can get a pen, pencil, yeah. get me guitar. If I really want to write a song, yeah, I don't. But what it did do, it taught me a lot of things that I didn't, or a lot of ways of writing songs. Yeah, with people and the way they write. Yeah. So it gave me a, a, another look at how to write a song and yeah. what people do. And people write. Everyone who writes songs writes them in a different way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, because I'm I very much bang around waiting for a hook. And then all of a sudden, the, the song's kind of there. Right. But 
I know people who write lyrics first, and make, like Elton John, for example. I don't know Elton John, of course, but I'm saying it. There's, <laughs> we say he there's, doesn't write lyrics, yeah. Yeah. But, but, he, but he gets the lyric first, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then he write. He doesn't write a lyric, but he gets the lyric first, and then yeah. he, he, he works according to that. And he said he never changes it. The Bee Gees were the other way around, get everything, and then they write the lyric, or so they said, to definitely fit the melody, didn't yeah, compromise yeah. anything. And you sort of go, well, who's right and who's wrong? It doesn't matter. It's the end product, really, isn't it? Uh, no one, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's, it's art, isn't it? There's no one. There's no wrong in art. No. People will enjoy it as well. I suppose it's a little bit like walking around a pub and everyone's got a blank canvas, and they're just going to paint something, and you don't know what's going to come out of them. You say, you paint anything you want to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. Paint anything you want to, and then, but three of you sit together to paint something. You've got different opinions, different takes on it. I'd yeah. make the sky a bit bluer. I'd make the grass a bit greener. I do, yeah. You know, and you get that finished product. Do you find is it fun to do? Uh, what songwriting? No, not the songwriting, but the the, the collaboration thing. The the, the uh, yeah, I don't think it's. Sometimes it's not really easy. Sometimes it's painful. Yeah, but it is. Yeah, it is. It's because you're on a time frame, though, isn't it? Um, got ninety minutes to write. Yeah, well, so. sometimes you don't always get on with everyone, do you? Even though you're writing with someone. Yeah, it can be worse sometimes when you're say if you're with someone who I was a novice or not used to writing with other people yeah. because it has to be a contest. Yeah. It has to be you say a line and I try and say a better one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I and then we go. Whose line do you think's best? And everyone says, "Oh, that one." Oh, okay, that's your one. And then that's the way you make yeah. a better song. It has to be. Yeah. But done in a not too competitive, like where it gets you know, you know too nasty. But no. uh, it can be bad sometimes because you might just say, "I'll just sit there." Yeah. Because yeah. I can I can come up with lines instantly normally. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And people would say, well, what do we do? We need to get a line going. Because people have done it, I don't realise it's not a long time to write a song. It's, no, it's not. It's, no, you no, can't, no, you've got to get the whole thing in and then start tweaking it. It's better to mm. have a rough everything than not, you know, then have yeah. a little polished two lines. You know? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a lot of the truth. So um, it can be hard when people don't want to contribute or mm. feel they haven't got anything to contribute. You think the best thing about writing on your own is that, apart from the fact you're your own boss, the finished product isn't in, in a case like that when there's three of you writing a song when it's performed at every point in that song there'll be one member of that trio thinking I'd have done that better right possibly <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, 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 there's no way that three people could be absolutely 100% happy with the finished product whereas if you're working on your own and you've got time by the yeah. time you've finished it you, you've pretty much explored it so many times and I think that's I think that's the upside but I think the downside of writing on your own is you don't see it from, from if you get three people you see three different angles of the yeah same thing. and they come up with something that you wouldn't have thought of have you collaborated apart from that have you collaborated on any of the stuff that you perform um, anything I'll perform I'm just trying to think not that I perform live no, no I mean just like the other one I've done I've done one with a guy called uh, Tarek Ali and uh, that was what I did, the one with the loop station. Right. And what he did, basically, he just got a guitar and he he did a riff, yeah? And I just kept playing the riff. And mm. I, I wrote a song, it's called Walk Me Happy. Right. right. And I literally, I was trying to get a flow of conscious lyrics. Mm. And I literally wrote the song from beginning to end. And I only changed one line, yeah. the whole song afterwards. Mm. And that's it. It took literally two, three minutes. Right, that was the idea. Was to just write very quickly. You tap and stop into yourself. Something. Well, I think quite often you stop if you edit too quickly. 
you're stopping yourself from letting stuff come out yeah subconsciously i think getting up you might understand that i think a lot of writers do when you're in that flow mm. if you can get that flow just let it go yeah edit it off even if you write six pages yeah edit the bits out afterwards don't edit it if you start editing it as you go along yeah i think you can stifle the there's a psychological phenomenon called free writing which is basically you don't even look and you just scribble and you and then you yeah. read it back and see what sub they reckon that subconsciously they see what you're pouring out of you yeah. it's part of therapy i don't know how true it is but i read it at oliver sacks i read it in an oliver sacks book yeah and it's, it's what they call free writing well you you kind of like they reckon I've, I've never explored it's kind it myself, of that but you know it's what I mean. kind of like that it's getting into a, a flow mm. and allowing that to flow the artistic side of ourselves yeah to to because you're entertaining even when you're writing lyrics you want a lyric that's going to be entertaining or it's going to get a message so yeah. you kind of do you write the song uh, I'm trying to, to, to explain but do you write the song as the entertainer you don't really write it as you you write it Knowing that you've got to perform it in this, oh, I don't know. Or are really. you that I've different on stage to what you are off stage? Probably not. No, probably so not that much different no, anyway. No, so it's, it's all of me, whatever it is. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think my my stage persona is that different. And you can banter with the audience, have a chat with them, and stuff like that. Yeah, if they're in, if they're in the mood for that. If yeah, not. if they start saying things, I'll start saying things. Back. Yeah, 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 chat yeah, with them. yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, that's great. So you keep it busy. You still writing at the moment? You got anything? Uh, yeah, I just wrote. I wrote a song um, for Valentine's Day. I'm in a. I've, I'm in a relationship. I was only a year old, but so Valentine's Day, I got to write. I hadn't written a love song for a long while, so it got me a chance to write a love song. Yeah, but it's called it's If I Ever Love Somebody, and it's like a reggae type. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I normally have reasons. Yeah, I mean the one I wrote before that was mm. called I Need to Stop Myself from Loving You. So I had the falling out of love song. Right, and now I've got the falling back in love. Song yeah, but I think all that kind of stuff. We're open books, though, Trevor, aren't we? we yeah, like, if you marry a musician, or if you if you're married <laughs> to a musician, or you're with a musician, don't piss them off, you know, <laughs> because you're going to get mentioned in a song yeah, yeah. somewhere along the line. Yeah. But the other thing is, is we're able to we're able to to pour our feelings out almost anonymously, yeah, and yeah. put it on an album, and then you can play it oh. to it. So that's about you, that one. But they. But, but some people they always wouldn't know yeah, that. Yeah. But they're the inspiration for your songs, you know. And yeah. My my kids have been inspirations for a few of my songs. But yeah. I don't name. Yeah. You don't name them personally. You just it's just the feelings you have towards them, or the that, that come out of you. Yeah. They're open books. Yeah. So an album for me, um, particularly my brother, was was basically just pouring out your feelings. It yeah. was it was Phil Collins, you know, paint pot on the piano. Um, all set. You, you know they were going through a difficult time, or they were yeah, in yeah. a really good place. It's like chapters of your life. Do you listen to some of the stuff now and tap straight into how you felt? You know the song was about, and you oh, and oh you every time I sing them, every yeah. time I sing the songs, you yeah, know what it's I'm, about. I'm back in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not just singing the song. It's not just mechanical. It's you know why you wrote it, what yeah. it's about. It, we we don't a message, and yeah, that, that's the best thing about doing it. Yeah, but it's about all my life. It's not all about. I talk about falling in love, falling out of love, places. But there's also I wrote a, a song called "The Bus of Doom," which is about getting the night bus home and people being sick and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff. That but it's life. Kind of, yeah. It's life. Yeah. So do you write and record? Do you, do you sort of do rough demos or do you just write lyrics? Is the, the, the reason I ask is that my my technique recently has been to rough demo something, and then spend two or three months just listening to it letting it go round and round rather than trying to get it all done within a two week time frame just kind of let it go let it 
Or do you just take I a I haven't life? recorded properly, probably for eight years. So right. I've got loads of stuff. That, so that's the reason I think I did my last recording and I, I, I did it um, on a Mac and I can't think, I'm trying to think of the program. Well, it's Pro Tools or I don't know. Uh, Audacity or you've got... Um, Logic. Logic, yeah, Pro So Logic. I did it in that and I went and had a few yeah. lessons and stuff and I taught myself how to do it. Mm. And I thought, for someone that's never recorded anything before, it mm. was a really good album. But for someone, it wasn't, a, to me, it could have been a lot more. When yeah. people listen to it, they got a bit of radio play on... Um, like local BBC radio mm. and stuff, you know, it got a little bit of play. But right. it wasn't, now when I do it, if I want to do something again, it's got to be better. Did you do it all yourself? Did like everything yourself. on your own? Everything back and back, paid everything on yeah. it. Yeah. Do you find that maybe another pair of ears or oh, definitely. would yeah. have just, uh, it's not necessarily even suggesting things, it's just company at times, you know, in because it could be a very lonely experience making an album on your own. Yeah, you know, because you you're coming up with backing vocal, and you've got you've really got nobody to say. That sounds alright. You have to make that decision yourself. Yeah, definitely. And you need because not only that, you have to keep playing it back. And I think there's a lot of I think as a musician, you know, being a live musician and a recording musician, two different totally, jobs. Totally, totally two yeah. different jobs. Yeah. And I think also when you're in the studio, being the producer and being the person who's like two different jobs again. I think. When you're trying to cross over the two, yeah, and like you said, I think you have to record a track, go away for a week, mm. yeah. But you don't do that because you're no. where you're doing it. You want to get it all done. You want to get it done. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really intense, and I yeah. think that's what's put me off here. It is intense. I'm doing an album at the moment, and, and I, I have I have to walk away from it for a while. I, I decided to, normally I make an album in two weeks. I right. want to get it done. I want to get it just just for, most of the time. It's just for me. But this is one I wanted to do properly, and, and it's the same as yourself. I'm wearing all the hats, <laughs> so I'm producer, and then I'm this, and, and at the end of like maybe two or three hours, you listen it, and you'd have done it. You listen to it, and you go, "That's it, I've got it." You come back the next day, and you go, "That's nothing like it." Your ears have played tricks on you. You've been listening to it so many times. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's like when you go to a gig, and the first two songs are absolutely deafening. Yeah, but then they're the same volume all night, if not louder. But your ears get used to it. Oh, that's yeah, true. you absorb all the sounds. You get used to it. And so you listen to a piece go round and round, and by the end of it, you're going, "That's it. I've got that. I'll come back tomorrow and I'll and I'll mix that." You come back yeah. the next day, you, that's awful. Yeah, I can't yeah. go with that. That's, and I get away with that. <laughs> so I have to walk away from it. Definitely. So you, so how do you demo stuff? Do you do it on your phone or? I don't really. No? I just well, I normally YouTube it or something like that, or just I do do it on my phone. I do loads of. I've got just loads of stuff ideas. on my phone, yeah, loads of songs, and I don't even know what they are because I've just walked around. And Sounds so yeah, I've probably got 150 on there that I haven't got back to yet. Yeah. That are bit snippets. And some of them, like you said, when I play that, I thought, do you know what, it's a fantastic idea. And when you play it back, it's like, oh, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. Not, no, it's not what I thought it was. Yeah, but we dream it. You ever had the dream where you wake up and there's a bit of music in the background or you, and you think, I must remember to sing that. And, like I've got so many bits where I'm half asleep, you know, three o'clock yeah, yeah. in the morning singing something into, a, into my phone, it's just me. And it's been a dream where I've been somewhere and in the background has been music playing and I've had to sing it into something. That's the, the song fairy again, that's the, yeah. the little message. I think we have to learn, I, I suppose a little bit, not, not to sound too heavy, but a little bit like spiritualist mediums and stuff like that. They'll tell you that they tap into the other world. You know what I mean? In order to sit, because I don't understand it. I, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I kind of sometimes think there's songs up there. You're just pulling them. You just pull them out of the air, 
and yeah. it's, and, and like, it's like just subconscious. Yeah. Grab a grand if you like. They used to call it going. Yeah, yeah. And you pull something down. It, it might only be like a little, a little hook. And, and what's really frustrating is when you get a really great chorus, and then you can't write a verse that sounds as good, and it's so annoying. And, and yeah, you think, yeah. And for the rest of your life, you think, if I don't finish this bloody song, if I don't get I've a got verse, one. I've got one. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You've got a killer chorus and no yeah, verse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so. Yeah, I've got one. Actually. Yeah. Do you, how long you had it? Do you keep revisiting it? About fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. You just keep I'm revisiting not that one. Yeah, it's no. such a good chorus. Yeah, yeah, you just keep coming back to it. So you did you did things the other way around. We spoke beforehand. That yeah. That most people who 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 do what we do, you get out there, you network, you meet people, you play venues, you you, you know, whatever paid work, touring about. Yeah. And then you get the contacts, and then you start putting in work. Other people become an agent. Yeah, but you were an agent first, or or a ma- you were an agent, a band manager. You managed bands, didn't you? Uh, what happened? Yeah, what happened was I met, like I said, I had a, a mate called Rob Rob Cole. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. And we, our, both our kids went to like a like a stage school on a Saturday. I think it was Saturday or Sunday. Right. And we met there and we we talked with. There was actually a guy who ran the school and he he played a bit of guitar. Right. And he said, "Well, let's get together and just play bits of guitar." And I wasn't. You know, I don't just started playing, I think. Right. And anyway, this guy turns up. The guy who set it up didn't turn up. Uh, this guy, Rob Cole, turns up with a old Les Paul copy with five strings and the, the top E string tied together in a knot, you know, kind of. And yeah. proceeds, like, plays me a bit on his guitar and he's got this old, um, something, is it a Hulk? Oh right, yeah, yeah, no. and he gave it to me when he died. I ended up inheriting it somehow. And anyway, it's big old, and he ended up blowing his amp up, you know. So I just thought that's the maddest person yeah. I've ever met. So and we were good mates from then on. Mm. This guy wanted to form, wanted us under the umbrella of the stage school to form a management company and manage local bands. Right, but in the end, we kind of fell out with him, but we decided to do it anyway. So we ended up like spending loads of our own money and earning nothing, mm. and going out and finding bands that we could put forward to record companies and stuff. Nothing yeah. ever come of it, but we saw hundreds yeah. of bands, and at one time I could get into sort of nearly every venue in in London yeah. for nothing. So it was a really it was worth good doing it for oh, that. It was fantastic. Yeah. And the stories that come out of that, were, I actually wrote a song about him. It's called "A Sign Like Batman's," which is the song about him. Which is you know how like Batman puts up a sign, you know, to, that he's going out there, where he puts up a sign to attract all the people that are nutty. Because anyway, he could just right. attract nut- everyone he knew, apart from me, obviously, <laughs> it was a nutcase. So that was the song was about him. Right. Yeah, I still play it, yeah. Oh, right. That's, that's, that's nice, though, isn't it? Yeah. And then you get into the performance, so you did it all back to front. Yeah. Do you, you know what the other thing was? I would get bands, and I would go through their stuff, and they'd go to record, and I would study their lyrics, and I would think, that's not, I'll put yeah. that in it. And I would say to them, you know, I would offer up, which didn't go down too well very often, offer up kind of ideas mm. to make the song better. Like, come, why don't you put that line in there, or why don't you do this or that? So it was always there. Yeah, yeah I think the, so. You know, what you're doing now was always there, but it was just, you, you weren't your own vehicle for it. You had bands that you'd suggest the ideas, but if you saw potential in something, or you saw an idea, yeah, yeah. You'd you'd be able to, yeah. Tap but they took it. no notice. They just used no, but bands. Notice. Bands are young and <laughs> egotistical, and the next big oh, thing. Yeah. 
you know, um, they all are, aren't they? They all are. We, you know, we all are, mate. <laughs> They're all the next big, big thing. And I, we were no different. We were the next big thing. And and you know what? I'm glad we weren't the next big thing because now I've got kids. I want to be on tour in Australia and messing oh, with yeah. that. You know, but at the time, you, you think that everything you because you don't really have. This this is an industry where you learn lessons the hard way. You don't get anybody to put their arm around you and say, "Look, when you play that song, you need to do." Because you wouldn't believe them anyway. You know, <laughs> you say, "No, nah, you know, like that would happen to me." And then you learn, and everything that I know, every, all the knowledge that I've picked up has been because I've learned the hard way. I've, I've been playing great shows and then said the wrong thing and oh, ruined ruined the whole. Night. And I know you find that hard to believe, <laughs> but I have. I played great shows and then said something silly at the end and ruined it. Like, something really silly about football or something and this place is full of Charlton supporters and I've, oh, okay. I've just without knowing said something silly and they've lost and you know oh, lucky to get out of there alive you know. <laughs> these days I'm mellow I don't do any of that but you know when, you, when you're trying to entertain you get caught up in it and sure. and, you, and that happens a lot so you, you're still writing you've still got loads of ideas where yeah. can people can people download your stuff can people listen to your stuff I've got uh, my first album uh, I'll I just give it away now because I can't put, print any more up. So I'd, I'd, I'd sold about when I did them. I sold about five hundred of things. Mm. Give about another hundred away to record companies and, and other people. Yeah. And um, but now it's on. Uh, if you want to download it, you can go to www.reverbnation.com/slash/bloke-in-a-hat. So it's B L O K E I N A H A T. Brilliant. So they can get on there, download your stuff. Yeah. Can they contact you? Or contact find you on Facebook. Contact me, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Bloke in a hat. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And obviously there's details of you if you've got shows coming up or Yeah. A lot of your shows sort of last minute or do you get off the, uh, some are. Some I'll get offered um, you know, a few festivals. I don't do them every year, but I'll do them. You know, I like doing festivals. Like mm. I said I did one I didn't do it last year because it clashed with something else, but I do one sometimes in Whitecross Street, which is part of Islington. Right. But it's actually right opposite the Barbican, Silk Street. It's right opposite. If you come out of the Barbican and keep going, you'll walk into it. Mm. Uh, I do one there. I do Chingford Festival. I did that last year. That was good. Uh, I'll do any I'll do any festivals because they're always So good. the dates, we can always find the dates on your yeah, Facebook page. Or yeah, I'll put them up there. If, if I've got anything, I'll always post it up there if I've got anything come up. Brilliant. I've got one last question and that is, how important is it that you, you have the support of the people around you when you do a job like this? Oh, I think, it, I think you've got to have at least some people that really believe in what you're doing. You know, you got to. If you, otherwise, you got. And sometimes it's helpful if you've got someone that will turn around and say to you, "Actually, no, it's no good." Thing. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like that. Yeah, you know. But, but yeah. you know, someone that you trust, I think it helps. Yeah. But I think most of all, you do have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in mm. yourself. And I think one of the things about playing live is if you play along a, a song live, especially if you're busking. Mm. Yeah. And it's in a street where no one wants to stop. Yeah, it's really an honest reaction. I think that's why it changed. Playing live changed the way I write songs. Yeah, it wrote bigger choruses. It's an instant that, thing, isn't it? You're, yeah, playing live is an instant thing. Like we talked about being in a studio, and I think what the vibes that I pick up, and also from previous experience and the people I've worked with, is that uh, not you personally, but people sometimes are terrified by the fact that that's permanent. 
that's there forever. Once they record it and it's done, whereas yeah. a gig is in the moment, you entertain in the moment. Yeah, exactly. But getting your songs done properly so they're there forever and, and in 10, 15 years people can download them <laughs> and you still want them to sound fresh, you still want them to sound as good yeah, as they yeah, can yeah. be. And I think that's the that's always the headache. Like you said to me, you want to get a decent producer, you want to get, because you want to do it so that it's, it stays around and stands yeah. the test of time. Yeah, I think there's a saying for that, and then they say it's lightning in a bottle. Like when they right? get a real yeah. good recording, yeah. it's that you're just caught that. And I don't think that happens so much. Yeah. And I think that's why you get some bands who are really good live, mm. they don't get that. If unless you no. they get that recording, no. and they and they, that's why they don't make it. I think a lot. My my take on it is that a lot of bands, the adrenaline live makes them play with more energy. And then when you go into a studio, and you're playing it in a plastic way, you don't get the same bounce, you don't get the same enthusiasm, the same passion that you do when you're on stage, you don't get the same adrenaline. And I think it's slightly different when you're acoustic and you, you're trying yeah. to look, look for a mellow sort of sound anyway, because you want that simplicity. Yeah, yeah. But bands sometimes, famous bands will admit themselves, you know, we can't get the sound in the studio that we have live, but they can't record another live album, they've got to, they've got to go and do it properly, you know. I think The Clash, Joe Strumble was the, um was the classic in that because mm. they had him sing in the studio right but when he plays you know, i mean you always think i'll see this but he jumps up and down yeah as he's so that's part of his voice yeah yeah so they had to give him a guitar and let, and him, let him do that even yeah. if they weren't recording it to get the sound because when they come back they went, well that's not him and they said no because that's not how that's not part of his vocal sound was mm. playing guitar at the same time so i think if you want to get you do have to kind of replicate yeah. things to get the to get that in the album yeah so how keen are you to get these get this new album done uh, is, it, is it one of those that's floating around or is it <laughs> I don't know I'm, I'm, I've got um, I've got a mate of mine who, who does a bit of producing and in a few weeks time I'm going to go down and see him it's I'm not 100% sure I'm going to do it mm. if I get the right if I get the right vibe and the right people and the right people on board and I can do it for the right money Mm. But I think what I'm possibly going to do is one track. It's really well. Yeah. If that works out, then and I'll get some the reaction. Then go and make the album on the back of that. But it's to spend like you know, you could spend an infinite amount of money mm. for something that's not going to get any return. As no. you know, you could spend thousands and thousands. I've been there. And you get nothing back. True. So, I've got so many coasters. It's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I've got hundreds of water wall coasters, mate. I've got a box of them in loft. But that, no, that's the thing. I mean, it's the catch-22 because you want it done properly. Yeah. But if you do it, but you also want people to be able to download it and hear it. Mm. So it's not like you can just knock up an eight-track demo and you've got, because then you'll be judged on, on that and yeah. you want to go in the studio and do it properly, don't you? It's, yeah. It's I'm, I'm also toying with the idea of just doing something totally acoustic, mm. maybe all my songs. And then mm. just doing them uh, like you know five six tracks, and then just go out busking. I'm gonna say, have you thought about doing a live album, so to speak? So you, you might, you know. Yeah, I have thought about doing that as well, and yeah. doing sort of you know because uh, because then I'm, it's not people are not expecting big production. It's you've got something to sell when you go out. Yeah, so yeah, that's what you need because yeah. I think that gets you out if you've got something to sell. A card in it or whatever, and put your put your info on it, and yeah, you know, I think I've got nothing. If you've got nothing to promote. Mm. It's a bit hard to get yourself. So I'm thinking about doing that as well. Just doing something very acoustic. Yeah. Recording just it. Strip just strip it down. And yeah. And then doing it as like EPs rather than 
yeah, if I'm do it quickly, I met. Do you know you know the song um, Dire Straits song, uh, Songs of Swing. Songs of Swing, yeah. Yeah, well, I met the guy. You know the guy. It says guitars, George. He knows all the chords. Yeah. Well, I met him. I met yeah. the guy who was out of that oh, song. Right. Yeah. George Browski, his name is. Right. He's about 70, 71, I think he is. Oh, right. I met him, but he was he he spent most of his life making his money out of busking and playing live. Mm. Yeah. And he's really good at it. Mm. Yeah. I bought a couple of his albums, which I didn't think were fantastic. But if you see him, to see him live, he's yeah. absolutely brilliant. He's absolutely amazing. But it's that thing again, though, isn't it? It's the live performer and the yeah. and the studio performer. But one of the things he told me is, he said, if you're going to make a, uh, if you want to promote something live, he said, don't. He said, don't do twelve tracks. He said, don't do twelve tracks for a tenor. He said, do spread it into two mm. and make it a fiver. He said, "When you're out, people will take a fire out of their pocket. Yeah, they won't do and they'll buy it. And I think yeah. that day he'd been busking in London. Yeah, and he'd sold like forty albums or something mm. for a fiver. I suppose it's really. I had a phrase pop into my head, and it was live is about reaction, studio is about perfection. And it is. It's about if you're yeah. if you're performing something live, you want a reaction. But if you're in a studio, you can go anywhere." You want perfection, yeah. I think, and the right. two—that's why you said they're so separate. Because I'm able to sit with one acoustic and entertain two or three hundred people, but when I'm able to do whatever the hell I want with any amount of musicians, and I don't know what to do, I don't know where to start, I don't know, <laughs> and more importantly, I don't know where to end. You know, I could always add another guitar. You could always add, add another yeah. this and add another that. And you're always striving for f perfection. You never find it. Well, I think a lot of people and a lot of artists have done this is that they actually restrict what you do. Like yeah. They might say, when you write that song, you can only write three chords, or you can only do. I yeah. think, who was it? Um, Good way of doing it, actually, yeah. Yeah, I think someone had a, a, a recording album and gave them the thing. They weren't allowed to put any hi hat in it, and they weren't allowed oh, to do right. this, and they weren't allowed to do that. So, because what you find, and they do that sometimes in songwriting when you're given tasks. Right. Yeah. Because it's liberating. Because when you're restricted, you don't have the cho choices. No, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, if you've got a choice of two, you'll choose one. But if you've got a choice of twenty, you're like, mm. oh, do I use this and do that? So I think lack of choice sometimes mm. can help get the job done. Doesn't always give you. No, that. I think that's that's a good way. A song should sound good in any disguise. Your songs will sound great on one acoustic, and even if you put a whole band behind it, it's the same song. It won't make any. Any difference. That's a good if, acid if the, test, though. I yeah, think. If, if you the, take a song, yeah, and you can play it on a guitar and sing it, I think you can't do it with all songs. No, I think that's a good acid test for a song. Mm. I think there's even heavy metal bands that wrote on acoustic guitars. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of bands like some of the some of the rock bands like Kiss and always write on acoustic guitar because the melody on an acoustic guitar works when you put when you then put a band behind it it still works yeah but sometimes if, you, if you've got a really powerful song or a particularly electronic song and you should be down to acoustic it doesn't bloody work and <laughs> because it's, it's gone the other way yeah that's and true. it's such a strange but in the the, the the era that we live in at the moment I mean when I first started it was four track you right. do your demos yeah, yeah, yeah. so you get drum machine bass guitar one yeah, guitar yeah. and vocals so I was a yeah. three piece band for my demos but now yeah. you know 38 40 track 60 track recording studio you know, put a tambourine on it and then take it off put something else on it take it off and you can yeah. get so lost so I think that's probably a good idea it's a good bit of advice actually that is if you if you find that you're doing that limit yourself make, make a um, like a mission statement for yourself so yeah. like, on this album I won't have loads of guitar overdubs I'll have 
two guitars. Yeah, you can do that. You know, because you've then got to take that album live as well. So if you, I suppose if you if you fill it full of a load of stuff and you take it live, it's going to sound empty. Isn't it? It's not going to get. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think there's that too. I mean, there's another one that I got given when I started to record. I got a few tips, and one of them was, is, think of as many things as you can, put it on there, yeah, and then take them out until you've lost one until you've lost you know that you've gone too far right put, and put one back oh. so you know like put put all those bits on it and then strip it down as far as you can go until you go oh no now it's lost something then you've got the right that was another thing but sometimes restricting it but I mean but also you know restrictions is what makes music the pop song was only invented because they could only get two minutes on a record yeah otherwise the pop song would not exist yeah so those restrictions are what made everyone had to fit that in. So you had to be quick, it had to be fast, it had yeah. stuff in it, you know. And uh, and I think that music history is full of those restrictions, which actually made those, you know. And once it became, you could do more. Then prog rock came, you know. Mm. Once you could do these big albums, stuff, yeah, and, think, you know. I think that's the the big secret in that. I suppose not really a secret, but the big the big point of that is when you listen to albums by the Beatles but even even more recently there's a song by the Lars called There She Goes which is yeah yeah it's two minutes yeah yeah but it feels like it's got everything in it strong verse strong chorus right. great yeah, bridge yeah, great yeah, middle yeah. two minutes long and it's yeah. Stairway to Heaven's eight minutes you know Bat Out of Hell's twelve minutes <laughs> and, it, and I'm, not, I'm not saying they're not great they are great songs yeah yeah but you could never buy them as a single you couldn't you know you couldn't get them on a 45 could you Bat out of hell, you could get that on a thirty-three. I don't think you could get that on a on a twelve-inch album. Yeah. But the Beatles stuff, all two minutes. No, you know, I hate Jude. I know notoriously, yeah. but most of them are two and a half minutes. Yeah. How long are your songs on that? Uh, well, most of them now, I head for three, three and a half minutes. Yeah. But I, someone kind of, when I started writing, a guy said to me, "Your songs are really good, but you said you've made the mistake we all do." You're going out. You're going like they're all five minutes long, and that's, yeah. that's too long for someone to really listen. They right. said, you know, and they said three. They said three minutes is mm. what you're looking for. If you're in there at four minutes, make sure you've got a good reason to be in there. Yeah. If yeah. you've got a good reason to be in there, like it's a story-based song, and you've got you can't miss at the end yeah. of the story. Yeah. Or some songs work a bit longer, but most Definitely. of them, I'll try to make them between three and five, you know, three and four minutes. Mm. And the, one of the other reasons is some open mics you do, they're 10 minute open mics. You yeah. get three songs in there. That's right, say yeah. three short songs. Yeah, otherwise you've got two songs, there's not, that's not an awful lot, is it? So your advice, what would your advice be to somebody who's just, somebody like yourself who's just gonna get into it and wants to write a song, what would, you, what would your advice be, just go with it? Um, yeah, I, th I think there's loads of, loads of things you can, uh, you could do it. just keep at it really if you've got a thread and look at you know today you've got YouTube so you can yeah. learn how to do everything on YouTube yeah you can whereas I think years ago we had to find our own way and listen to other listen to people you admire mm. yeah I mean there's loads there's loads and loads of, of things about constructing a song and you'll learn those mm. as you go along you know but you know basically three, three verses and a chorus yeah yeah beginning middle end musically and lyrically if mm. you do those three things you've created you've created something that people can probably listen to and if it's not too long and too long winded it's yeah um, and also 
bearing in mind it has to be entertaining to the person so if you are suffering and you want to tell everyone about your suffering do it in a way that they can associate with it mm. and not just think oh it's just him bleating on about yeah it's not br yeah bringing your bringing your issues to the stage yeah but they've got, you know <laughs> but if it's a song that you know um like yesterday yeah yeah well everyone knows that he's talking about a sad song mm. but everyone associates with it that's right so yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with that i think music's the feeling isn't it yeah. so how are you with a concept you write a song you do it and then somebody listens to it and then they take something from it they take a message from it that maybe you didn't intend when you wrote it i've had that yeah i've had it's, that quite a yeah. few times right. i think that's great because people i try not to unless i'm a songwriter unless i'm at songwriter uh, events I try not to people. I try not to tell people what the songs are about. I let them decide. Let them Most of own. mine, it's quite apparent. Mm. But one of the one of the things that put me off is I used to like the song Yellow, you know, the, by um, who was it? Coldplay. Oh, Coldplay. Yeah. yeah. They did Yellow. Yeah. And I heard him. They're talking about writing it, and they said, "How did you come up with mm. the concept Yellow?" He said, "I I couldn't come up with a." With they said, and it was all, and he said, and uh, there was a yellow page sitting on the side. So I said, oh, it was all yellow, and that just killed the song. Yeah, yeah, killed the song. That's killed it for me as well. That's the end of that. <laughs> That's the end. I'm not listening to that song anymore. I've heard other bands talk about it, and mm. and the stories. I think if it's a good story, yeah, then it sells the song. But I think if it was just a song, oh, I couldn't think of anything, and I saw a spanner. So, so I said, like, you know, <laughs> throw a spanner in the works. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, you know, and I think that can kill the song. It has to be a good story yeah. to go with the song. But I think the songs have to sell, the songs have to sell themselves. Oh, you, your songs are your babies to a certain extent, and you and you, you watch them grow and you kind of do the best by them. I know it sounds heavy, but it's true. Because you, yeah. you, you're part of the creative process, you watch them grow, and then you, when you see people's reaction to them or someone will come up and sell your yeah. song, you know, or sometimes what we we had your song as our first dance, or we had we had your song. As, I one played at a yeah, wedding, yeah. It's lovely. Like it's their wedding song, yeah. Yeah, which is fantastic. It's great because you. I think the main reason we get into this business is yeah, we want fame and we want fortune, but it's really because we want to make a difference. Definitely. And Definitely. it's we just want. I always wanted just people to stop me in the street. I didn't want to be hounded, but I wanted people to just occasionally stop me in the street and go. Like your new stuff, mate. You know, yeah. whatever. That's fine. You made a difference to somebody. Yeah. But playing weddings or writing songs that people can then find their own messages in. That that's enough for me, mate. That's yeah. Well, I, when I played yeah. that last gig in Romford, I played a gig in Romford. There was a. I found out afterwards. A mate of mine said there was a little girl and she was dancing, mm. and clapping and like singing along and everything. Yeah. They said she walked past with her mum and dad. Yeah. And while they were going, she kept tugging on them and she made them come back. For about four songs, sit. Oh, she, they were about four songs from the end. Yeah. And they, she stayed for the whole of the rest of the gig. She made her mum and dad stay there with her. Mm. For me, that was like that was the that was worth playing. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what that's why we do it. That's why we, it's why we're <laughs> it's out here. It's brilliant. It's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor, it's been lovely to see you. Mate. I could talk to you all day. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you've got stuff to do. Yeah. Thanks very much for giving us your time. No worries. And uh, don't forget, you can download all of the stuff at, at your website, which is mentioned, and also. Look him up on Facebook and also if you see him out there busking or playing or whatever, give him a wave and drag your parents back to listen to the rest of the set. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> sure, that was a pleasure, mate. Thanks very Cheers. much. See ya. Cheers.